Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hello, I'm Janet Marana, Executive Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to our program. Well, Wednesday, January 11th is a great day for the pro-life movement. Uh, I was in Washington, D.C., uh, attending meetings, but then on Wednesday, I was up on the Hill uh, on the House side because they had a debate and a vote on a pro-life bill called the um, Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act. And it was a great moment because, of course, the bill did pass. All right. But I'm going to get into this a little bit more now so you understand. Now, you might be, some of you might be remembering in 2002, we had a Born Alive bill passed back then. George W. Bush was the president. He signed it because it passed both on the House and the Senate, and he signed it into law. So people might have been scratching their heads like, oh, why do we have another Born Alive bill now? Well, the problem was the original bill had no teeth to it, no enforcement. And so since 2002 forward, even though we had that wonderful bill became law, abortionists was still killing babies born alive. I know you might find that shocking. So let, let's just think about what we're talking about when we say babies born alive. So first of all, this is not babies in the first trimester because in the first trimester, they're aborted um, <clears throat> by a... Um, um, dilation and uh, evacuation, basically, like a DNC kind of way. Uh, that's how they're they're aborted up to 12 weeks. After the second trimester, now they do uh, a D&E where they literally, with forceps inside the mom, they pull that baby apart, legs, arms, and crush the head. So when we talk about born alive, these are fully intact babies, all right, that the abortionists basically usually will try to um, inject digoxin into the baby's heart, stop the baby's heart, and then induce contractions, and the mother should deliver, according to what the abortionist wants, a dead baby. But sometimes it doesn't work. And sometimes, now these are babies in the sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth month of pregnancy, these babies are born alive. Now, a baby born six, seven, eight, and nine months, we know already, that we have had successes of children, you know, mommies who want the babies from 22 weeks on, successfully, uh, they're preemies and they, they, they survive. So now imagine this. And the abortionist, the baby comes out and takes a breath. So what's been happening in our country, it's horrific, but they either let the baby die because if it doesn't have medical attention and it's born prematurely, right? Uh, no medical attention. It's, it's only going to live maybe minutes or there's been some of them have lived as much as an hour gasping for air. And then in some cases like Herman Gosnell, the abortionist that went to trial and is spending life in prison, he would uh, snip their spinal in the back of their head, spinal cord. And that's how they would kill them. Some of them would jab the back of their neck with scissors and so on. So this horrific practice was happening. Can you imagine? So on the, the floor of the House yesterday, uh, the other day, I saw the Republicans standing up for these unborn children saying that, and that's what this bill does. It says if a baby is born alive during an abortion procedure, like I'm describing, 
They must immediately give it medical care and transport it to the, to the nearest hospital where it can hopefully be, be saved. Now, okay, on the Democrat side, they're saying, well, there are some of them saying, oh, we did this law in 2002. Why are you wasting our time again? Well, first of all, I just explained to you why. Because the, the first law didn't have teeth to it, no enforcement. But the things they were saying, oh, um, you know, th what about the woman? What about her right? Wait a minute. As soon as a baby draws breath, and, and then her right goes away. And now that baby has rights, doesn't it? As a U.S. citizen. Well, the debate was just insane. You know, what would happen is a Republican would get up and would give a, a, a speech, basically, two or three minutes. These are short speeches. And defending the, the idea that these babies needed to be saved and they had the right to life and so on. And then the Democrats would get up and they would be talking about this was women's reproductive rights. This is health care. And they were interfering with the women's health care. There's another factor here that everyone's totally overlooking. Do you know that in the United States of America, in all 50 states, we have what's called safe haven laws. That's right, safe haven laws. What that means is, and they vary state to state slightly. So for example, some states will give a mother three days, okay, to abandon her baby, of course, not abused, but abandon a newborn. No questions asked. They can bring the baby to a fire station or the emergency room of a hospital. And they don't have to give their name, nothing. No adoption paper, nothing. They just hand the baby over and they walk out. So in a case like we're describing at the abortion clinic, she's now in her sixth, seventh, eighth, or ninth month of pregnancy. The baby's born alive, right? Born alive. She can get up and leave like she was going to do if the baby had died, right? If, if the abortion was successful, that would have been a dead baby and she would have left. In this case, she can still leave. She has to have no responsibility for this child. All as this bill is doing saying is the most humane thing is to treat this child, help this baby. Imagine we have testimonies. And of course, some of the congressmen on the Republican side gave testimonies of witnesses who witnessed babies born alive and being thrown into a medical waste bag and smothered to death. Can you imagine that? This, this is infanticide, brothers and sisters. So this bill was passed, and I have the exact vote. It was 220 Republicans voted in favor, and 210 Democrats voted against it. But there was one little glimmer of hope. Uh, Democrat Texas Representative Henry Quaylaw, he crossed over to the Republican side, and he voted in favor of the Border Life Bill. Now, what is the action step for you? The action step for you is very simple. If your congressman or woman is a Republican, I want you to call them or email them and thank them for their vote. You see, because the atmosphere in Washington right now, it's very divided between the Republicans and the Democrats. You know, the Democrats, there's an abortion they don't love, and the Republicans are trying to make progress for the unborn but they need to hear from us. They need to be encouraged by us. So at our Priest for Life website, priestforlife.org, there's an action alert there where we have a link. If you don't know your congressman's name or you don't know the switchboard number in Washington or how to reach them, there's a link there that will take you to where you can look up the, your congressperson, man or woman, and then you can call them and thank them 
for the for uh, you know voting for this born alive bill. Now, some of you, of course, <clears throat> may be unfortunate to have a Democrat abortion loving representative. <clears throat> so, in your case, I still want you want to call them. Of course, you're not banking them. No, in your case, you're to say to them something like. I am very disappointed that you voted against this born alive bill. You can say a few things, talking points like I just said to them. And then you just say this, something like this. And therefore, when you're up for re-election in two years, I will not, not vote for you unless you start changing your position. Be very emphatic. Now, in addition to phone calls, you can send a nice letter. Uh, all the information will be there on our Priest for Life website, our action alert on how <clears throat> you, know, you can respond. Because, you know, brothers and sisters, if we don't respond um, in some way, positive to thank Republicans for being pro-life and voting the right way, <clears throat> and then for the Democrats uh, to chastise them for their abortion-loving uh, no votes, then we're not going to we're not going to change things. They have to hear from us. You know, your job doesn't end on election day. You know, you go out, you vote pro-life, and you think that. No, we've got to keep backing them up throughout the year. Every time they do something good for pro-life, we've got to let them know, like a cheerleader. Yay, keep going, keep going. Because let me tell you, I was I was there yesterday, uh, the other day. It was brutal. The attacks. Oh, you had to hear what the Democrats were, were saying about these pro-life Republicans. First of all, they, they accused them, first of all, of wasting Congress's time doing this bill when I just told you when it was done in 2002, which I just told you why that was wrong. But they were accusing them of, oh, you know, this is the first few days of this new Congress, the 118th Congress, and you're wasting our time. People are worried about the economy. People are worried about jobs. People are worried about, and they went through this whole litany of stuff. And you're wasting our time. Can you imagine wasting our time about protecting babies? Come on. They're crazy. But then they went on. They said, oh, yeah, you, you Republicans, you know, you're against wearing masks. You're against this and against that. And, and, and why is this so important to you? And then, of course, they were saying other false things about women's health and, and you know, abortion being, uh, you know, women's uh, rights and, and taking away their rights, et cetera, et cetera. And, of course, they really said what they we know they want is they said, well, we're going to keep working until we can enshrine Roe v. Wade in the federal uh, by federal law. So don't worry. That's that's our, our our desire. So basically, the Democrats want to put in laws at the federal level for abortion till birth, and the Republicans want to protect babies. So I hope you will look further into all this. Uh, it's so important, but it's more. It's also very important. Like I said, we cheerly that we have the victory, but now we've got to thank the Republicans and we have to uh, admonish the Democrats for their horrible, horrible uh, vote against a baby. I mean, I just can't imagine. So I'm hoping you'll be involved. Go to our Priest for Life website, priestforlife.org uh, slash action alert. It's also on the homepage and you can sign up by the way, to get our action alerts, which I hope you do because we will keep you up to date on the latest things of how, you need to get involved. And then, of course, we are going to be having more information for you. I know a lot of people are talking about that the FDA is going to allow the chemical abortion pill for pharmacies uh, to just carry it over the counter, so to speak. Now, that is another horrific thing. 
And we were going to, we will be getting back to you about things you can do about that. Because think about this. RU486, which is the chemical abortion, is, um, it's a horrible procedure, first of all. First of all, the woman takes the first pill. And now that if it's going to pharmacy, see, before she had to at least go to the abortion clinic to get the first pill. And then she went home with the second dose that she would take 48 to 72 hours later. Well, now if it's over the counter, can you imagine pregnant teenagers, your pregnant daughters will be able to just walk into to your pharmacy, CVS, Walgreens, you name it, and get these pills. And what's going to, what, how is that going to affect her health? We already know that these pills present problems for women. All right. There's a long litany about all the different problems, but the most important uh, thing that that happens to them is they, by taking the pill, become the abortionist. And then they're stuck in their own home, in their own bathroom. And it's a horrible, painful procedure of the, the baby. The first pill basically is begins to starve the baby to death. And then the second dose, 72 hours later, helps her body expel that, that dead baby and in her toilet. And we have testimonies of women who have told us they have seen their baby, arms and legs, they're horrified. All right. This is a horrible procedure. And now, thanks to the Biden administration, it's going to be in your pharmacy you know, where young teenage girls will be able to have access to this pill. So stay tuned. We're going to have action alerts and places for you to go and respond to this. And I just want you to be up to date on the the things that are going on here in the pro-life movement. And, you know, we get the victory with this pro-life bill, but then of course the Biden administration is just going to keep pounding at us uh, with these other things. So stay tuned to our priestforlife.org slash action alerts, be involved with us. And uh, for now, this is Janet Morana, just ask Janet. Good thanks and God bless. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.